On today's show, the Mavericks got one of their best wins at home in a long time in the playoffs. We'll talk about what went right, what worked, and what didn't for the Mavericks going into Game 3. We'll talk about all that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. <laughs> I don't believe you shouldn't be here. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Subscribe to the show, and the best way you can help us, leave a comment. Comment below. I was a little, I was a little disappointed our last video didn't get 500 comments. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. So go back it to wasn't the last a, video. It wasn't a loss. And yeah, that's true. We do get more comments for losses. But joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com, the what worked wonder, the one more thing king. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I want to give a shout out to everybody who tuned in yesterday and over this yeah. past week. Nick fired off a tweet uh, yesterday. We were the number one YouTube locked on podcast last week for the whole. The number one channel. Yep. Yeah, there you go. For the <laughs> for the entire network. Like yeah. that's including college, baseball, hockey, NFL, all the NBA stuff, WNBA, national shows, all that. National shows, fantasy. Um shout out to Josh <laughs> Lloyd for taking a week off. <laughs> Thank you, Josh Lloyd. We had been number two for a long time because of him. He took a break and then, and then we became number one. <laughs> but yes, shout out but to the everybody NFL too. draft is coming up. Like there's a lot of stuff. That's going true. On. Yes. Uh, a lot of you guys tuned in yesterday. It was a massive win. I want to give a shout, shout out to Gabriel also. I talked yeah. to Gabriel at church on Sunday on, on Easter. It was like, bro, I listen, I listen to y'all every day. I'm like, oh, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Met him. So uh, shout out to you guys just for all the support over the past week for the during the playoffs. On today's show, we're going to be giving you a Luka Doncic update, and then we'll be talking about what worked and what didn't in game Two for the Dallas Mavericks in their win. Uh, my what worked is really long. My what didn't is not as long. <laughs> so Ooh. there's a lot of good things to take from game two, but there's a couple of things that the Mavs can improve on for sure. But before we do that, let me tell you about Luka Doncic. Oh, you thought I was going to an ad. You thought I was like, what? That was my ad cadence. You didn't know. Some of you skip forward and you're like really confused now. Yeah. According to Sham Strania, there's optimism. Dallas Mavericks star Luka Doncic will return for game three on Thursday or game four mm. Saturday versus the Jazz in Utah. The calf strain that Doncic suffered on April 10th is improving and workouts over the next two days could determine comeback timing. So that's the glass half full report about Luka. Now let me give you the glass half empty version of, of Luka from, uh, from Tim McMahon. Maverick superstar guard Luka Doncic's recovery from a left calf strain has progressed to the point that there is legitimate hope he will be able to return as the first round series with the uh, with the Utah Jazz as it shifts to Salt Lake City this week. Sources told ESPN. One source told ESPN that Doncic's status for Thursday's Game Three was quote uncertain, saying the guard was quote day to day. Another source said while there is hope that Doncic could return for Game Three, it's quote not a sure thing. So we have on one side of the coin, it, there's optimism for him to return in Game Three or Four. On the other side of it, you have. Well, it's uncertain. He's day to day. Isaac Harris, where do you stand on it? <laughs> I don't. I don't expect him to play Game Three. 
I think we're looking at game four. And that's just where I've been operating on uh, the past 48 hours. But we'll see. Obviously, anytime Luca wants to suit up, uh, well, actually, he wants to suit up every single time. But anytime that he can suit up and everybody's on board with it, let's do this. Uh, but right now, I'm operating that he won't be out there Thursday night at 8. And if he's not, you look at the turnaround. You know, that Saturday game is another early game. Not noon, you know, tip, but it's a 3.30 game. So, you know, if he if he doesn't, you just had this massive win. He sets out Thursday Bottom night. Bottom time. Bottom yeah, time. It, if he does set out Thursday night, you have another shot at it. Let's see, you know, if worse comes to worse, you do, you know, go down – you know, two one, then Luca comes back potentially for a game four to tie the series before coming back to Dallas. And then at that point, if you could split in Utah, then it's a three game series and two of those games are in Dallas. And let let us reiterate for sure that I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. We don't know we don't know for sure, right? Like it's just one no. guy, one Spider Man. We don't know for sure. Because um, Thursday would take it to what? I mean, everybody's been throwing just, out yeah, the math. I was just going to say that. So Thursday would be 11 days since his injury. And uh, Tim McMahon tweeted that out. In Street Clothes is a great uh, follow on Twitter. He does a podcast with our, our friend Brian uh, on friend NBA injuries, pot. sports injuries and all that. And says that, you know, the the average for abs- absences this season due to calf strains was 16 days. So if Luca comes back 11 days, Frank Nielakina returned in 12 days um, from his calf strain this year. If 11 days for Luca seems a, l- a little early compared to the average. So I don't know, but it is an average. So there were a bunch of players that returned earlier than 16 days. So definitely something to watch for and, uh, and see, I'm hoping I- I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little more glass half, half full than you about, about again, about game three, but, but we'll see 11 days. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I would, you're wrong too. I would absolutely love it. All right, let's turn our attention back to game two because man, that, that game was incredible. I watched it end to end. I sat down and I wanted to go through a couple of the key moments. And I just ended up watching the whole game again. Because I just got drawn into every moment of it. I just got drawn into, you know, uh, you know, the first quarter. Like, as soon as Mitchell tried to just destroy D- Dwight with that dunk right at the yeah. beginning of the game. And Dwight Powell kind of stood his ground, stayed vertical. Mitchell, like, lost the ball in midair. And Dwight catches it. And then Brunson's heat check after he hits those, those couple shots. And then... Um, the beginning of the second quarter with the weird Burke lineup with Davis Bertans out there with him, like just weird stuff. I just kept getting drawn into different moments for either positive or negative things. So I wanted to talk to do another breakdown. What worked and what didn't in game two? Let me start with the first one. We we talked a lot about Jalen Brunson yesterday. We're going to talk more about him today because that's the thing that worked for the Mavs. Jalen Brunson right from the start set a tone and what was working for him was you could tell, and even even afterwards, he answered a couple of questions. Like um, somebody asked him about his heat check. I think it was it was either Kevin or somebody else asked him, "What does it feel like to to you know to take a heat check? What goes through your mind when you're deciding to to pull up, basically, from there?" And he says, "You know, I was just watching Mitchell. Mitchell was guarding him in transition, and Mitchell backed up a little bit from him." And he said, I just saw that extra space and I just pulled up. It was just like an automatic instinct reflex for him to pull up. And I watched all of his shots back and the Jazz were going under screens for Brunson. They're just so used to him being this mid-range guy that gets stuff done in the the mid-range and not just pull up from three. They were going under screens. And so in Brunson's mind, he sees that, sees Royce O'Neal or sees Daniel House or sees Mitchell or whoever go under a screen, meaning when Gobert sets the screen that – 
or when somebody when somebody sets a screen for for Brunson, that Brunson goes around Dwight or Maxi or whoever, and that either the you know the player goes if you're facing the player goes to the left that's under or goes to the right and that's that's over depending on, on which way you're facing, and going under the screen leaves room for Brunson to shoot. You're basically daring that player to shoot, and Brunson just pulled the trigger and it was working for him. Yeah, and he hit six. You know, he went what six of ten from three in this game. Yeah, he got he got into the paint. He basically did whatever he wanted to do offensively tonight to the point that last night oh, last night to the point to <laughs> which they they benched Mike Conley and I mean this yeah. is one of my, this is one of the bigger things that I'm trying to that I'm watching going into game three is is this a Quinn Snyder adjustment how like is there a world that Daniel House starts over Mike Conley in, in this game he, I mean th- that'd be a bigger he, adjustment What's ironic is he would be like the Terrence Mann for the Clippers, right? Like yeah. last year when the Mavs played him, they they decided to put Terrence Mann into the starting lineup instead of Patrick Beverly, and that ended up working well for him. And then Terrence Mann went and destroyed the Jazz in the, you know, <laughs> that second round. But um, but that could be the that could be the adjustment because Conley only played twenty two minutes. He was zero for seven. He got in foul field. trouble. But he got still. in foul trouble. He you know four fouls and. Uh, but he but he was getting attacked by Brunson even late in the game. They put him yeah. back in the fourth quarter, and a couple of those key baskets were against Mike Conley. And so his decision is, okay, well, I have Conley, I have Clarkson to get scoring and playmaking, and then I have House and <laughs> Rockets Royce O'Neal as, as defenders against, you know, as sort of my wing rotation here for, for the Jazz. And now, he, you know, Quinn Snyder has to make a decision on that. And that, that's what is, I mean, we know the whole Jazz discourse with, you know, when it comes to Rudy and the perimeter defenders and all that, but Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, they're not great perimeter defenders. No. And I mean, they were attacking these guys. And I mean, Jordan's name will come up later in this podcast. Like Clark, Clarkson had, had a great first half, but dude just, I mean, they were just torching him defensively. So yeah. it's just, that's kind of like what they've, the Mitchell stuff I don't get defensively because on paper, he should be a good defender. Like, his wingspan for his size, he's athletic. It's like why why are you not a a really good defender? I, I don't know. It that throws me off. Don't care at this point. But no. still, <laughs> it's it's just wild how Brunson kind of just did what he wanted last night. Absolutely. Brunson was working really well, but there's a couple other things that worked really well for the Dallas Mavericks. I'm going to talk about Dinwiddie. We're going to talk about uh, coaching from the bench. We're going to talk about Donovan Mitchell and attacking him and what the Mavs need to do in game three. We'll talk about that and more. But before we do that, let me tell you, about Shady Rays. Oh yeah, tell me about him, Nick. Shady Rays. I got your I got your pair right here. <laughs> I got your pair right here still. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for the fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays insane protection program. These glasses I have right now, Shady Rays sent me. Thank you, Shady Rays. Hmm. If I lose them or broke them, they will send me a brand new pair no matter what happened. Give them a try. If you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated right um, right in America to fight hunger when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to Shady Rays. Use the promo code Locked On, Get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's Shady Rays. Had a listener reach out and say that they got their first pair of Shady Rays. Shout out. And they were super happy with them. Uh, tweeted a picture of them. And we were just like, oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. Getting your Shady Rays and people are already already in on it. Uh, go check it out. Shady Rays. Use the promo code Locked On. All right, Isaac. Let's continue our conversation about what worked and what didn't in Game Two. 
We talked about Brunson, you know, players going under the screen against Brunson. Um, I thought on defense, we have to talk a little bit more about the Mavs defense because we talked a lot about their yeah. their offense with Brunson, with Maxi Kleba. His confidence is obviously something that worked. But the Mavs defense is what got them this win, I, I think, right? They got just enough baskets, just enough buckets to win. But their defense is what keeps them in this game, keeps them in this series with Luka out. And their defense, I thought I saw one thing as I was watching back that I that really stood out to me is it's the other three guys that matter on defense for the Mavericks. The Mavericks have no defenders that are all world one-on-one defenders. Dorian is good. He's not incredible. He's not Marcus Smart. He's not Draymond Green. He's not one of those guys that's gonna get defensive player of the year conversation, right? Not defensive player of the year, but I, I think he's a he's very good. He's really good. Yeah, he's not one of the best ten five in the league. Yeah, not not a top five. So the Mavs Mavs don't have anybody like that. But what they do have is awareness, and they communicate so well. Um, yeah. The other three guys. What I mean by that on defense is the Jazz run pick and rolls a lot, and they run combinations where it's like one guy running an off ball screen, and then the guy runs around, and then the, the player with the ball has you know, has it, and they throw it to them, and then there's two guys kind of in an action. And then there's three guys off that are just kind of standing there. Well, the Mavs defenders that are guarding those three guys that are just standing there are all being aware at all times. They know where their man is. They know what's happening on the ball at the same time. And they know uh, how to pick off passes. They picked off a bunch of passes in this Mm. series so far in these first two games. They know when to dig, which means like when Donovan Mitchell drives, they just like step over to the side real quick and they're able to just get their hand in there. Sometimes you can catch them with fouls, but they can get their hand in there real quick and make it harder for him to dribble and get to the basket and get uncontested shots. And anytime they did that kind of stuff and those other three guys were aware of what was happening, good defensive things happened for the Mavs. Yeah, I mean, anytime Rudy got the ball, they were stripping it. You know, we were talking about in the press box how much Dallas was trying to strip the ball. Um, you know, Utah tries, they run the, they run uh Boyan off this kind of curl off a screen mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, it feels like, it feels like anytime Boyan gets the ball in the paint, it's just an automatic bucket. It's like, can you, uh, can you force him? But it's one of those things where like, they're, they're obviously trying to force them off the three point line because we've went over that stat a million times. You know, like you want them to shoot more twos. They're shooting more twos, except Mitchell's good in the mid range. Boyan is good in the mid range. So mm-hmm. You're kind of just like living with that. But yeah, they played a passing range lanes really well. The defensive thing when it, you know, that's where the Rudy stuff like kills you when it, whenever it's Utah of the fact that he just can't, he can't take a hook shot. Like he can't take any type of, there's no, and he's not, he's uncomfortable when he gets the ball. Like Dwight Powell's better in the short roll than Rudy is as far as like passing it out and like decision-making Rudy's kind of clumsy with it and they know it. So they trap him, apply pressure and he just kind of, he turns it over. He doesn't know. He doesn't have any type of offensive moves around there. I think he had two offensive fouls in this game when he was trying to make something happen on offense when the Mavs had two guys around him, right? Either he was trying to put back something or they had given it to him for like a post-up and he got offensive fouls called on him because he's just, he throws his bows or he throws his elbows around and he's so big and the Mavs are so small all around him that he hits guys in the head all the time and now he should be averaging like 16 points a game with 14 of those being dunks yeah. but that you know the jazz and does you know, normally <laughs> yeah and, but the jazz guards can't throw a beach ball in the ocean when it comes to you know <laughs> lob passes so it's just i almost kind of feel for him when he's going up for lob passes and he's having to like stretch out and one of those he should have you know converted on but it, it's just 
weird chemistry with those guys. It's very weird. And so the Mavs defense has been playing really well. And the Mavs, what they do well defensively, since they don't have, you know, a bunch of really good one-on-one defenders. Like the Suns have really one-on-one really good defenders, right? Chris Paul, Mikael Bridges. Oh, Mikael Bridges, yeah. And 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 Aiton, right? Those three guys are really good one-on-one. The Mavs don't have three guys like that. They have one guy like that in, yeah. in Dorian. But what they do well is the team defense. And they very rarely play one-on-one. Right, it, it, there's always somebody thrown over there, but the Mavs are trying to run the Jazz off the three-point line, so that's why they sort of allow the Mitchell, Clarkson, and Bogdanovich tough baskets, the tough shots in the in the lane, right? The the tough mid-range shots. They'll allow stuff like that. They'll let the, they'll let players go one-on-one there, but when it really counts, they're flying all over the place, and they're they're sending somebody real quick to dig or to double or to trap or something like that, and they're sending real quick, and then they're able to rotate around. And one of the things that helps them do that. You tweeted out a picture of the Mavs, like the Mavs bench, just like all standing out in the court. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was Kid, it's Sweeney, it's Pinson, it's Dudley. They're all yelling coverages. I, w- I was looking at a, a play in the second quarter where Kid, Sweeney, Pinson, and Dudley are all just screaming at the defense right in front of them. Like, they're the defense was right in front of their bench. And they're just all yelling at stuff. They're yelling like, this guy's going this way. Watch this. Watch left. Watch right. All that. And I think the bench coaching helps them with that team defense because it's just all a collective and it's all together because you have to have eyes in the back of your head if you're one of those other three defenders I talked about because you have to see your guy and you have to see the ball at the same time. They should have an assistant coach of the year award. Sean, <laughs> Sean Sweeney should get honestly, it. Honestly. I mean, honestly. I, I, and I say that, I try to say it with all bias out of it, but like what Sean Sweeney has done with this defense and this team has been i mean you're getting props from ball ball garris on twitter about it okay so you know this is a, a bit a big deal when he says um, anything positive about the Mavs, that's usually a, a no man shut it's usually a truth right that he's like <laughs> yeah sean sweeney's incredible though he's he's i would not be surprised if there wasn't talk about like he's the next assistant to get you know a head coaching job could be yeah i mean he should right? be in that he should be in that group for sure if that's something he wants to do. Uh, but the bench coaching, I think, helps the defense as well. And the defense was uh, was in- insane in this game, I thought. Um, what? <laughs> uh, another thing You're that, laughing. Another thing, that, another thing that worked in this game, or the, one thing that did not work in this game. Uh, we've done a couple things that did work. Okay. In the, in the second quarter, three minutes and 30 seconds left to go. <laughs> There's a, they're running it out of bounds. The Jazz are running it out of bounds play. Ed Malloy is standing next to the Mavs bench and Luca is basically standing on the baseline by the bench. He's not like in the bench area anymore. He's on, he's on the baseline and Ed Malloy, the head referee turns around to Luca and says, Hey, move, get back closer to your bench. And Luca points down to the ground and says, no, I'm out of bounds. Still. I am. I don't have to move from my spot. Ed Malloy then again, stops play basically and says, Hey, move out of this way. Luca says, no, I'm not going to move in this place. I'm able to stand here. And they go back and forth three or four times. And the Ed Malloy finally just gives up. Luca stays there. And he just, he just uh, continues the continues the play. Uh, it did not work for Ed Malloy <laughs> to try and move Luca and to try and convince Luca to do anything. Ed's like, I'll remember this. We'll see if you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. We'll see how optimistic you are about about Thursday night. <laughs> it did not work. I thought that was hilarious when he was trying to tell him to move. It was like telling, like my wife is a, a a teacher, and it's like telling a fifth grader to do something. Like, no, why not? Just because I don't want to. <laughs> let, let me tell you something else that didn't work. Josh Josh Green trying to dunk on Rudy. It did not. 
Um, let's it, just he say, tried. okay, this was one of those moments I definitely did question Jason Kidd was when they had Josh out there with Rudy. It just it wasn't working, and I think you, you do ask the question of can Josh play in the series, and if he does play, it has to be when when Rudy's off the off the floor because when they put Rudy on Josh, Josh is zero of six from three in the series. He hit he did hit some a pull up jumper in this game, but I hate it. But if Rudy's on the floor, I don't I don't think Josh can be on the floor. Nope, he only played five minutes in this game. Uh, he played a little more than that in game one. And so you start looking and you're saying, okay, well, the only reason he plays, and we're going to say this again, is to spell Bullock, Finney-Smith, and Brunson or Dinwiddie, right? Because those three guys, Bullock, Dorian, and Brunson, after two games, are leading the NBA in minutes played. <laughs> those three yeah. guys. The most minutes in the NBA after after two games in the playoffs. Uh, that's, a, that, that's a lot, right? You're asking those guys to play a ton. You're asking those guys to play. I mean, Bullock played 45 minutes, you know, Three He's averaging 44 he in his first two games. Yeah, and he plays the, the whole full game. So you're really only throwing him and Burke out there to just spell those guys, to give those guys a breather. Like, just just survive those minutes, I think. Uh, and they did, they, they did not in this one. But, uh, but yeah, Josh Green is another another thing that this is probably not the series for him. And it's, it'd be interesting to see what happens if the Mavs do move on to a second series, what happens with him. But Coming up, a couple other things, what things work, and then we'll get into stuff that didn't work. I'll have a couple of, of serious things about things that didn't work for the mm. Dallas Mavericks. But one thing that did work was attacking Donovan Mitchell. we got to talk about that because that will not go mm. away. Talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar. Tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. They have all kinds of new flavors coming out all the time. They really do. Right now, Mint Marshmallow Puff is back. We like the mint brownie. Mint marshmallow. Mint marshmallow. That one is, is an interesting one. If you're interested in a bar like that, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar, and a bar that I guarantee will be good to, to eat, it will be delicious, and they're pretty good for you with the macros as well. I love the churro puff bar. Had one of those yesterday after the game. Those are great, and always the coconut brownie chunk are delicious as well. So go check it out at Built Bar. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your entire order. It's Built.com. Get the Built Bars. Get a variety pack. Get whatever you want. Built.com. All right, Isaac Harris. A couple other things that worked for the Mavs, and then we'll dive into stuff that did not work for them. What worked? Attacking Donovan Mitchell. Or just even the side of the ball that Donovan Mitchell was on. Um, so many times I, saw, I read an article from is talk, uh, loyal listener and, uh, and great guy, great writer for D magazine right now. And just, just was going over play after play of, of, uh, moments where Donovan Mitchell gave up possessions, right? David Locke came on this podcast and was talking about how Luca was a, a player that the, the jazz were going to have to attack. Well, the Mavs are attacking Donovan Mitchell now, and it's just relentless. They're just going to keep putting him in these one-on-one situations and Brunson can, can beat him. Yeah. I, I hopefully we get another chance to talk to David Locke uh, because I would love to return that return that favor of him going at Luca's defense so we can uh, go at Donovan Mitchell's defense. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you said it right. There's nothing to add to it. They took advantage of it. They were trying to target him. I mean, I I posted the the I think it was Maxi's eighth three. Dinwiddie just completely went by Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Howell obviously has to help off the corner. Maxi hits his A3. And I post it. And like normally, if the opposing team's fans find one of your tweets, it's like, oh, here we go. Notification. <laughs> this sucks. And but it was Jazz fans finding it and then torching Mitchell for his, you know, first perimeter defense. And you know, Rudy just is 
tar- sick of tar of that crap. Speaking of jazz fans finding your tweets, uh, I was looking through the jazz subreddit and they had a picture of of Oprah doing the you get a you get a car, you get a car thing. And it was like uh, the Utah Jazz, you get a career high, you get a career high, you get a career high. And it was, it was like that. And the caption was, we are charitable. And then one of the comments said from a from a jazz fan that had a jazz like flair on their on their Reddit profile. They were saying on the Lockdown Mavs podcast that the Jazz helped Brunson go from four years, 80 million to four years, 100 million with last night's game. The Jazz helped him make $20 million. I say that's pretty charitable. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> we just quoted somebody who said that. We didn't. <laughs> that's true. It wasn't like. <laughs> we didn't even like really. <laughs> we came up. We, he quoted somebody that we quoted somebody. Yeah. Um, but, but attacking Donovan Mitchell is working for Brunson. And he Mitchell was so worried about fouling. There was that play mm. even. There was a play in, I think it was the third, second or third quarter. It was the middle of the game where Brunson got a fast break. And every fast break for the Mavs stands out because the Mavs don't get many fast breaks. But it was just Brunson Mitchell one-on-one in a fast break. And Brunson just finished a layup. And I'm like, Mitchell, yeah, you are you are a little bigger than Brunson. You have a much longer wingspan than him. There's <coughs> no way he should just be finishing a layup against you in transition. You're just as fast. You're, you know, you're probably stronger. And it was just wild to me. But he was he had his hands up afterwards and his hands up like I didn't foul, I didn't foul. And he's so worried about getting in foul trouble because if he's in foul trouble, this jazz team is like toast, right? Like it's it's all on Clarkson and, yeah. and Bogdanovich after that. And uh and they they need him so badly. He only had one foul in the game. So I'm not sure why he's so worried about about fouls, but it's definitely something that's in his in his mind right now. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, real quick, I know we're gonna talk about things that didn't work, but just to kind of throw it out there one more time that obviously the outside shooting for Dallas worked, <laughs> you know, they yeah. maxi hit the open shots. I I do think, you know, a longer conversation maybe for tomorrow's pause. It's like, Hey, what's sustainable after this, after this win? Like, I don't think we can bank on another 41, you know, ball, you know, 40 ball from Brunson, but what is sustainable? And I think something with, there's something with the outside shooting that can happen again. It might not be Maxi hitting it, you know, hitting a threes, but could you see Reggie hitting, you know, five Dorian hitting five in the same game? Yeah, I could see that for sure. So, um, well, what's the stat they, from, what's the stat from yesterday? Right? <coughs> the ESPN stat that the Mavs made 17 uncontested threes. Like they're there. They're always there for, yeah. for the Mavs, right? This is the way the jazz are defending. And what they're doing well, which you said earlier, was they're forcing them not to take threes. They forcing the Jazz, yeah. The Jazz were number two in the league at a little over forty threes a game. It's like forty point three threes a game. They haven't taken over thirty in the first two games. Like each of the first two games, twenty nine in game two. I think it was twenty two or twenty three in game one. Like that. That's that's a game plan right there. That's on purpose. And uh, can they keep that up? We'll see. Uh, Bogdanovich, Mitchell, and Conley. So you're starting, you know, you're starting like scorers. Went four of seventeen from three in game two, because they're forcing Mitchell to take tough ones. They're forcing Bogdanovich to take tough ones. They're running them off the line, and they're like only score twos, only yeah. score twos. Right? That's what the Mavs defense is trying to dictate right now. Um, and and that that is effort defensively. Yes. Because it's not like you're forcing them off the three point line because you have an anchor down low. You're forcing them you're off. You're not funneling and, them to anything. <laughs> exactly. You're not you're not funneling them to anybody. 
And so if they're getting past you, that means you're busting your butt to close the gap and to rotate over and then they're kicking it and then you're rotating and still trying to defend the three. That That's pure. I mean, there's game plan, but that's pure effort from Dallas's sense because you don't have the anchor down low. So it another testament to them. That's what we've been saying about their defense all year. It's effort-based, right? Those games yeah. that they just throw, those games that they just seem like they don't have it against the, you know, the Thunder and the Magic and, you know, the Wizards. It's like it's all effort is this this defense cuz it's all team-based and it's all about effort. All right, let's do some things that didn't work now that we have like 2 minutes left. Hmm. Um, Dinwiddie trying to draw fouls. Like you're not going it like game 1 was kind of an aberration. The Mavs got a a, a fairly like uh, helpful whistle? What am I trying to say? A, a favorable whistle in game one, and Dinwiddie got a lot of fouls. He was trying to draw those same fouls in game two, and it just didn't work. Different referee crew. They call the game a different way. It's why NBA players are so frustrated all the time because every night tonight, it's different the way that they call things. He was trying to draw stuff, and he was forcing stuff, I thought, a lot, trying to get foul calls. But that's kind of like his thing, though, and that that's why if Brunson's not doing... If Brunson's not you know, scoring 40 and the outside shooters aren't hitting... For Denwitty, he he gets his points by driving, by drawing fouls. He was one of six but, from three in this game. He's not shooting very good from three in this game. So he he has to. And the team that you're trying to drive and draw fouls against has Rudy Gobert. So it, it hurts him. Oh, for sure. But it was like those games when you watch Harden this year, where he just can't get to the rim and he just can't, you know, he can't score outside of um, you know, getting fouled. Where he just goes to he just goes to the rim and doesn't even try to attempt a layup or attempt a shot or anything. he's just like trying to get fouled. Like, like, the only reason he's he's running from top of the key to the basket is to get a foul, right? It seemed like Ben Woody was trying those and like that stuff just doesn't fly. Like it's just not as productive. Um, and yeah. he did my pet peeve. Oh, he did. Yeah, he texted me. He texted me in the middle of the game. Guys, my pet peeve. If you've been listening to this podcast for a very long time, it's the two for one. It's the you're going for the two for one so bad at yeah, the end of a quarter or a half. There's like 30 seconds that are left or in, the, in a quarter or something. And so you throw up a quick shot so that the other team, you know, you're almost guaranteed another basket if they run out the shot clock. And that's the thing. It's like so many teams and Dinwiddie did this. He just came down and chucked a 32 footer just so they could get the last shot in which they didn't even get the last shot. It's like you're you will give up a possession just because just for the chance of getting the ball for the last possession, which you don't even know if you're going to get a good shot if you're going to get the ball anyway. And a lot of times that last possession isn't, isn't even a good shot. It just it drives me nuts. It oh, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> it's not just a Mavericks thing. I, teams do this all the no, time. Oh yeah, teams do it all the time. A um, couple other things that, that didn't work for this Mavs team. Uh, Rebound. I'm just kidding. I don't think that Clarkson was intimidated by Bertans at all in their little altercation that they had. <laughs> no, but I absolutely love that Bertans talked some smack because we we need that. And I mean, some I think it was Panda who does great, you know, highlight clips oh, after yeah, the Panda. game uh, on YouTube. But he, uh, I think he tweeted out and said, <laughs> you know, the Mavs, the run the Mavs went on after the Bertans Clarkson um, scuffle or whatever we call it, and I laughed about it. I'm like, yes, Bertans I mean, that, did that. that fires up this team. We we talked about yesterday how Brunson was was. Being one of those guys is going to fire you up. Dorian has turned into like the heart and soul of this team where he's going to fire guys up. Without Luca, yeah. you need somebody else like that. And so, hey, maybe it is Bertans. Double text, that, baby. Maybe it is Bertans that, that, gets them, that gets them going, that gets them riled up. 
um, that gets them like taking it personal, right? Take this game personal. Take this matchup against the Jazz personal, and then you'll you know, be more focused. But yeah, the, the Bertans Clarkson back and forth. I was like, I don't know if I'd pick somebody to win this. <laughs> Bertans for the reach, I guess. Um, what else do you have? Uh, I just had the Mavs are still relying. They relied on an all-time three-point shooting night and an all-time night from Brunson to still to win a game, right? They still need yeah. that. Uh, and I put that as something that didn't work because um, they still needed that to beat this Jazz team. So it's not like the Mavs went in and just like beat the brakes off of them start to finish. They found a way to win in this game um, and still needed like a historic night to, to get a win. So there's definitely still room for improvement in a lot of other areas. Yeah, well... I mean, that's going back to like what what is sustainable going into game three. Yeah. If you can't bank on 40 points from Brunson, let's say he's, you know, back to being back human of like 25 to 30 or something like that. <laughs> we're still waiting for a for a Dinwiddie kind of breakout a little bit yep. of, you know, not to put it all in like his shoulders. But like if Brunson's points go down and let's say they just shoot like 38 percent from three instead of, you know, 47 percent. Could we get a could we get a twenty eight or you know twenty eight game from 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 Dinwiddie in this in a game uh, because he just hasn't had the best series so far. I mean, he had seventeen in the game, but we need a, anyway. They need a hot three point shooting Dinwiddie game. I'm just waiting for it. Waiting and and for it. it's just what the whole big dynamic. You know, obviously Dwight played fifteen minutes in this game. They elected to go with Maxi. They went the whole hey was this. They they literally just went with shooters the whole the entire time. It's like we're just going to do this. This is what the Clippers did against you know Utah in the, in the playoffs last year. Yep. And it's like Maxi was out there as that shooter. And it's like we're going to have shooters all around the floor. They elected with that over Dwight. In electing with that, you're giving up rebounds to have shooters, and it paid yep. off for Dallas in this game. Uh, the Suns just lost game two to the Pelicans. So that means oh. Scott Foster all time is. <laughs> 14 and 0 against Chris Paul. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. So if you're looking ahead, which we should not do, right? Like don't look, don't necessarily no, look no, ahead. Don't do this. You're jinxing this now. But as fans, if you're looking ahead, then that series is going to last. They're at least getting a game five in this one. And Booker went out with an injury. So hmm. something to watch, something to watch. All right. Tomorrow, more on the on the series. Mavs play Thursday. We'll have a we'll have a game post game for you then, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. So, boom.